right, here we are. Welcome, everybody, to this Sunday Zoom. Um, I see we we have our people in ever increasing numbers. Today, uh, we're going to talk about something that's occurred on the group here. And I think it's interesting. And uh, let me know what your thoughts are about it. It's the power of mind. How we perceive our environment through the mind and what the Kundalini has to do with that. Everything that we perceive, we perceive through the lens of the mind. And yet the mind is only one fifth of the human uh, ability to express. We also, you know, in, in addition to the, the body of the mind, we have the body of the emotions, the body of the psychology, the body of the physical, the physical body. We have the spiritual body. Okay, we got five bodies of human expression. And yet mind is just one of them. And yet it is so powerful and so uh, important in how we are able to catalog and organize our perceptions. And the Kundalini will literally take us out of mind. We will go out of our mind. Not because Trotsky's laughing. It's like, oh, <laughs> but it's true. It is true. It is true. We will go out of our mind and without a choice. With, without a choice to, to, to keep our sanity, so to speak. Uh, not to say that we'll go crazy, but we'll experience some phenomena that will make us think that we're going crazy. Okay. And uh, it's really important to, to understand that uh, you're not crazy. But the phenomena that you see, the phenomena that you see, the, the phenomena that you experience upon the body, that will be outside of the reference points for the mind. And this will, this will cause you to question. This will cause you to have fear. Uh, on the other hand, this will also cause you to go into bliss and to go into levels of, of pleasure that really cannot be described by the mind. If you don't have a reference point for these levels of pleasure, then then you can't describe it. You can you can experience it, and you can describe the experience, but you cannot compare it to anything. It's an incomparable experience, and the Kundalini will bring these incomparable experiences. Um, when when you're within the Kundalini, the Kundalini has its own mind, has its own agenda, its own intentions its own personality, so to speak. And uh, this personality is, is quite separate, quite different from what we're used to experiencing as far as our own thoughts and our own feelings about what is occurring. When you do the ayahuasca, at least when I did the ayahuasca, uh, it became very clear to me the difference between mind rationality 
and kundalini or divine rationality. And uh, Sophia, are you here? Sophia, dear? Let me see you. There she is, Sophia. I want you to, to jot that word down. Uh, mind rationality and kundalini rationality. Because this is what we're talking about. How, how you know? Because you have the kundalini and it is taking you out of your mind. How do you survive in a world that basically consists of ego, which is a, a permutation of mind, emotion, physicality, psychology, the will to survive? Okay, it's important for you to to be able to delineate between these five functions of the human expression and how the kundalini enhances them. Now, I know that it's getting late out there. I already see Russia is yawning already. It's okay. It's all right. I know it's going to be late. We're not going to go for the three hours, though, so no worries. No worries on that. Uh, some people think that if you control the mind, then you control everything. And, you know, you control the entire uh, box full of cereal, so to speak. If you control the mind, well, then you control your perceptions of the other four bodies of human expression. Except controlling the mind won't help you with the kundalini. Because it has a mind of its own. It has an agenda. It has a, an authority. It has an, uh, you know, an application upon you that is different than the other five human expressions. So you might say Kundalini is the sixth body of human expression. And yet it's not human. It is and it isn't. It's divine and it's flesh at the same time. Kind of like we are, only uh, the Kundalini comes from a higher vibrational uh, frequency field, the divine field, and really nothing is comparable to that. Okay. And yet we, we are sitting here, we're talking with words that are developed with the mind. We, we are taught from infancy to honor the mind, to build the mind, to grow the mind, which is fine. You know, this is how we organize. This is how we're able to communicate with each other. But within Kundalini, within Kundalini, you go outside of the mind. You go outside of your learned perceptions. The education that you got in school doesn't cover Kundalini. The education that you received in a church or a religious organization does not represent or give you information about Kundalini. Some of it does. You know, you can read in some of the sacred uh, manuscripts passages of Kundalini activity, like the Rig Veda or the Sama Veda, you know, any of the Vedas of, of ancient Egypt or ancient India will tell you uh, about some of the behaviorals of Kundalini, but it won't tell you about Kundalini itself. Not in the 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 English dialect that gives you a description that is without the 
side interpretations that Sanskrit always has side interpretations. Just a minute, please. So yeah, these side interpretations given throughout the, the Vedas and the other uh, um, areas of information about Kundalini within the Sanskrit terminologies, they'll have, because they realize that Kundalini is not just one thing. It's a multi multiple platform of things, of, of experiences. And to, disc to, to give you, you know, like, you know, the... Um, the jar is filled with apple juice, right? This is all apple juice here. But you can't say the jar is just filled with kundalini, okay? You can't say that because kundalini is singular and plural at the same time. So it's so much more. And um, I think they do some really good writings, though, in the Rig Veda and the Samaveda and the Vedas in general. Uh, they really help people understand how to act, how to behave themselves, how to interpret their environment through a divine uh, gift such as Kundalini. But uh, I have never read anything that ever accurately describes what Kundalini actually is, except when you start using words like divinity. Okay, how do you describe the hand of God? Does God even have a hand? We have hands and we're reflections of grace, but does that mean that our hands are his hands or her hands? <laughs> so, so I would say yes. I would say because, you know, we're a reflection of grace. Therefore, we have the attributes of grace. And therefore, grace also has our attributes. So, yes, God and Goddess do indeed have hands. And their hands reach down and embrace us, typically from behind. Your spine does, is not in the exact center of the body. There's more flesh on the front side, this side of the spine, the facial side of the spine, than there is behind it. It's not evenly dispersed. And so when the kundalini comes, it'll, of, it'll often come uh, from behind you or the base of your spine, you know, traveling up the spine. Uh, sometimes the forward channels are used, certainly during the spinal sweep, and sometimes during other aspects of the kundalini, the forward channels, the channels that come down the front of the face and the front of the chest will also be used. If you do something called the, the microscopic orbit and the macroscopic orbit, which is a... a uh, Chinese Taoist uh, system, uh, then, then you'll be utilizing the front channels, you know, circulating that little ball of energy inside yourself and outside of yourself at the same time. Okay. But this is all perceived through the mind because we are so focused on developing the mind. Uh, we really don't try to go anywhere further. Not all of us. Some of us will focus on divinity and just try to bring as much uh, understanding of the divine agenda as possible. But most people will just look at the mind. You got Brett. Brett's an artist. 
you know, Julie is an artist. And they look at life slightly differently. They look at life more from a a creative aspect, a chaotic, you know, let's let's pull let's pull something out of chaos and uh, the chaos of creativity, the chaos of reaching into the void and creating something from that level. And that, you know, that's a very special gift as well. But once again, their finished product, the painting that Brett or Julia does, is interpreted by the mind. Brett does, you know, his 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 art is is quite uh, interpretive, and so when you look at his art, you feel certain things, and you and you you know certain things pop into your head when you see it. With Julia's art, you know, it, it's more. Well, it depends on what she does. If she does a portrait, well, then it's really. You know, it's, it's an interpretive portrait. She's done a couple of me, and it, it doesn't look like me precisely, but it feels like me. And so her kundalini places itself within the uh, pigments that she places upon the canvas and organizes that energy in a certain way that gives a feeling of the subject uh, rather than an exact photographic representation. You know, this is a very powerful gift. This is something that you could put healing vibrations into, and then everybody who looks at it receives a type of healing. And and that goes for both of them. And so, you know, and then you have a musician. I think, uh, who here is a musician? I think uh, Bruno might uh, do some music. And it's the same thing. When you you strum that guitar, uh, you put into that kundalini vibrations that reach into the ears and the heart chakras so the of the of the audience and it causes them to feel a certain way and this is beyond the mind unless they try to figure it out wow why am i feeling such an amazing level of one love when bruno sings that song you know i just know that i like it you know it sounds so good and uh yeah, this is, this is what's happening with these areas. So I want you to consider this. The mind definitely has its place within the Kundalini continuum, definitely. Uh, we, have to, we have to survive in this world, and we survive in this world by honoring what the mind gives to us within its perceptions of life. You know, and this includes safety. Do I cross the street at a certain time when all these cars are going across? Uh, shall I pet the big black dog that is growling at me, baring its teeth? Or maybe should I just like give it its space? <laughs> okay, so, so. Oh, and I want to reiterate um, this thing. During the dream life, during the life of the dream, the life you're living in your dreams, and the Kundalini will come to you in your dreams. And she will formulate a, an experience for you that resonates with your mind. And you'll always hear me saying, oh, if you see the big black dog that wants to bite you, let it bite you. That's only in the dream state. Not in the physical state. Don't let the spider bite you in the physical sense. Don't let the snake bite you in the physical sense. Don't let the dog bite you in the physical sense. Don't let the shark bite you in the physical sense. Are we clear on that? This is just in the dream state, in the dream arena. Sophia, is that clear? 
I can't see Sophia. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to dress today. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. <laughs> What's wrong with your camera, Sophia? Are you are you naked zooming? Is that what this is? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Dark. There we are. No, I no, I burnt my hand and I'm I I'm cooling it. It's a bit difficult to sit at the desk at the moment. Oh, I see. Oh well, take it easy. Don't don't strain yourself. All right, so you know all of this is cataloged by the mind. Even our kundalini experiences, like oh yeah, I had the rush off my spine, and and I felt that thing come out of my forehead, and I feel like my whole top of my head is blooming like a flower. These are all uh, uh, reflections of the mind and its experiences uh, through visual stimulus and and other you know five sense stimulus, uh, the five physical senses. Uh, to in order to describe this type of experience and and, and I, what I really want to to get across to you is that you really won't be able to figure out the Kundalini. Our ego aspect of mind, the 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 hand of egotism that rests within the the uh, the sense of the mind, the body of the mind. We'll try to figure it out. Is it friend or is it foe? Is it going to give me everything that I want? Or is it going to be resistant to my wants and desires? Which, of course, Kundalini is resistant to that. And so it's really important uh, for you to get an idea that mind is not going to be satisfied. The ego, the egotism aspect of mind will not be satisfied with figuring out the kundalini i mean there will be a certain level of balance given the ego will stop trying to figure it out because it's just so far beyond its its uh, capacities and it will rest uh, within a within an easiness uh, well, you know ease or unease of of a stability with the kundalini always knowing that the kundalini can do something that's gonna kind of shatter its reality uh, at any moment at any moment so this is something we need to be uh, aware of we need to be aware of this and we need to honor it we need to understand that part of it now i'm going to segue from this uh, part of this conversation to something that was happening on the Facebook group last night. There's a, there's a woman there who, who's having a really hard time. She's starting to enter a, a DNS, a dark night soul. And she just wants to, to obliterate her soul. She wants to take her soul out of existence. And you're really not allowed to do that. The soul doesn't belong to you. You're merely a shard of the soul, a part of the soul, an expression of the soul. And no matter how hard your karma gets to be, it's not going to affect the consistency and the... the um, 
any of the uh, aspects of the soul. I mean, you know, the soul will feel the pain for sure, but you don't get to obliterate the soul. You don't get to take the soul out of existence. And this is this is not an uncommon uh, position that Kundalini people will want to take because what's happened is they've already come into levels of grace that allow them to know that you know, that they have been put into a different position, a different position of, of uh, life experience. Okay. And if they're in a DNS, a dark night soul, they're, they're struggling, they're in pain. Life doesn't make any sense to them whatsoever. The mind is flailing around, the ego is flailing around, trying to find its sense in the world. And it's not doing, it's, it's not happening for them. It's not happening. And, and day in, day out, sometimes for years, this person will struggle. And suicide is always being dangled in front of them. Oh, you know, the entities will push this. The, the discarnate entities that want to corrupt the person's equation will always push this uh, telepathically. Dude, you don't have to worry about any of this. Now you can just end it all. End it all. Not a problem. Okay. Those entities will push that type of sentiment into the person's mind. And to some degree, the person will, you know, embrace that. They will embrace those. Oh, yeah. God, that's, that's the way. That's, because because their mind and their egotism doesn't understand that death is not the end. Death is not, the death is, is merely the end of the flesh. And we use the flesh to, to house the Kundalini. So it's, it's you know, the, the, the flesh body is the sacred chalice. It's that crystal beautiful container that holds the, the energies or, or the, the wine of grace. And, you know, if you commit suicide, then, you know, you, there's, there's such a tremendous hole and emptiness in the individual that nothing that their dark night soul that they were having during the flesh, it, you know, it's incomparable the, allow, the amount of regret and pain that the person experiences after committing suicide. Okay. But everything flows, everything flows. But suicide is not to even be, uh, to act, to be acted on at all. Okay, that's, that's, you, that's a profound fact that you need to take in because some of you, some of you have not had a dark night soul and so you don't understand. Now she's saying that she's being sent into hell realms, to the hell zones. And these are real zones. These are real zones, okay? These are real zones of, of, shall we say, corrective measures. And I was in these zones for about two years. You know, and you see everything. You see the worst things there. You see your, your mom is being raped in the middle of a traffic intersection. Um, your sister is being... Is being uh, 
put on a conveyor belt so that she'll be taken into a furnace so she can be burned alive, you know. You'll be held down by, for me, it was law enforcement in hell. They were saying, are you with us? Are you with us? You know, that type of a thing and trying to, to uh, gain your allegiance through fear. Um, you'll be compelled to do very nasty things, kill other people or, you know, really let your rage and your anger come out and, and express itself instead of your, of the balanced psychology that you normally have, you know, and, and to, to listen to me just meander about it right now and to describe it and to talk about it. It's boring. It's not even like up to a Marvel comic movie. It's boring. But when you're there, it's anything but boring. It got to the point for me that I didn't even want to go to sleep at night. It was that not boring. It was frightening. And you don't know what's coming next. Every night, it's a different thing. Every single night. But you reach a point. You reach a point where you just take full control and you exit the hell, the hell zones. You're gone. You're gone from it and you don't come back. Um, and so, you know, that's something that you need to remember is that you're not stranded there any longer than Kundalini wants you to be stranded there. And the, here's, let me give you the, a, a ticket. I mean, this, this is worth its weight in. <laughs> this, this could be very helpful for you. Always try to do good work when you're in hell. Help another person. Refuse to give in to acts of violence. Refuse to respond angrily. Don't give up the noble qualities simply because you're in a zone that repudiates them at every opportunity. Hell zones are not about the noble qualities, and yet you must be. You must be totally about the noble qualities. Because the longer you are not, the longer you will stay in the hell zone. And for some people, the hell zone totally takes them over. And this is where we get the serial killers. This is where we get uh, criminals that seemingly have no moral uh, fiber at all. You know, their whole thing is about greed and corruption and, and uh, a heartless taking advantage of other people, other situations. Okay, so it's important for you to understand that in order to remove yourself from a hell zone, the practice of the noble virtues, the noble qualities, such as forgiveness, such as refusing violence, <coughs> refusing violence, refusing uh, vengeance, uh, and to some degree, refusing anger. You know, it's an important uh, to remember this and it will help you leave the hell zone and it takes just a small trigger for me you know I was uh, I was standing 
a, a little distance off from where my mother was raped in the intersection. And I looked at the street sign and it said, um, it's a universal. The street sign said universal, but they spelled it wrong. It was spelled wrong. And that caught me. It said, what? In my mind, I'm thinking, you can't even spell a street sign right? I'm out of here. Boom. <laughs> so I just, I just stood there and said, I'm out of here. Done. And I was gone. And I left that hell zone. Okay. So this is something to remember. This is something to remember now. Now, everybody, I want you to do this. Clear your head. Clear your head. Because the hells, the hell realms, the, just even talking about them will bring on entities uh, that will try to entice you into the hell zone. And I don't want you to have that enticement. Hi, Jolanta. Jolanta, where did you go? Where is she at here? There she is. Hi. Good, good. Our little angel. Okay, our Polish angel. Now, I have to talk about something else. And this is way outside your believability factor because most of you have not experienced it. Okay, most, most of you have not experienced this. How many of you have seen elves or fairies? Trusty, you have. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Anybody else besides one person here in our, in our crowd of 21? Okay. You don't know, Brett? I mean, come on. Like they're eight inches tall. They, they have pointy ears. No? Okay. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to say, in your defense, they do come in all different sizes. Okay. And some of them are called gin. You know, a gin is kind of a different thing. Uh, these are actual creatures. They do exist. They just have control over who gets to see them. Okay. Sometimes uh, they breed with humans. These are called changelings because they're changed out of their uh, interdimensional parentage into the uh, monodimensional parentage of a human couple. So we know that Gary has a couple of kids. Okay. So when the kids were infants, the fairies or the elves would have come along at nighttime, you know, sometime when nobody was looking. And they would have switched out one of their babies and taken his. Okay. And this is called a changeling. And this actually occurs. And as a matter of fact, we have a representative of that activity here with us right now. And I want you to have a, a look at this person and have a look at her. And at, can you not see the, the, the elf in her face? Can you see it? 
Don't ask me who it is. Just look at the people here that are on camera and tell me if you can pick it out. Pick that person out. Who is it? Anybody? I would say it's Julia. Julia. Uh, Julia. Well, you, no, you, you have to tell me. <laughs> I, I say see, Barb it's says it's Julia. Julia. Gary, who do you say it is? I say it's Julia. Julia. Trustee, who do you say it is? You've seen them. What do they look like? Uh, yeah, uh, I saw them like this, small. Yeah, and they, that's pretty uh, small. <laughs> yeah, and they were jumping, and when they jumped, they come out like a light following them. And they were like going uh, in my phone and laughing and around my body, and they were like jumping and going really fast. They're very positive. They're a positive experience. Definitely a positive experience. And so these 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 kids, you know, even though they're they're of a, a fairyish or elvish quality, they grow up in the human realm. And the human realm, believe it or not, is all about getting kundalini eventually, working through the process, working through the karma working towards kundalini and it's not just humans that want to have it okay these other uh, kingdoms also want to experience just like et you know many ets cannot have this they cannot develop uh, on their own this this quality of kundalini and so they have to incarnate as a human and some of them refuse to do that because uh, human incarnation can take a while uh, and so what they'll do is they'll just possess somebody. They'll go over to Algeria and they'll, 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 they'll possess some yoga instructor over there, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, she'll feel, well, she'll, she'll, she'll have the, the feelings of not belonging on this world. Like most Kundalini people do, they'll feel, oh, God, I don't belong in this world. But uh, they feel that through their possession, they can actively experience. And perhaps they can. You know, they can, they can experience what it is to have uh, a divine expression in, their, in the flesh body. And maybe they feel that they can reproduce that. You'll find kundalini people have a lot of uh, alien uh, uh, attachments, uh, these, these tools that... Uh, extraterrestrials will use to try to measure um, certain qualities of a, of a human being. Uh, implants, they're called implants. A lot of Kundalini people will have implants placed into them uh, in order to measure, in order to calculate, in order to try to uh, replicate uh, what it is to have Kundalini in a flesh body, in a 3D body. You know, and, and so there's all kinds of things that will be happening with the person. Um, certain experiences of having your inner ear welded. You'll feel like somebody doing some spot welding uh, inside your inner ear. And uh, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, but you can feel it. You can feel the energetic of the of the energy that's being used to manipulate something within your inner ear. Okay. 
And it's not going to be the same for everybody. Now, for the person that is the changeling or somebody that has the alien presence uh, dominating their experience, uh, they have, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult for them because they have a dual culture within them. They have a dual dimension within them. And as best as they can, the, the Elvish or the fairy uh, cultures will try to, to turn that off so that the, the changeling can have uh, pretty much a, uh, a free opportunity to experience the Kundalini from the ground up, so to speak, without any kind of influence. But there will come a time, you know, during the Kundalini process that that, that third eye will eventually start to be opened by the fourth chakra. The fourth chakra will open the third eye and uh, they'll start to, to see things. And it's best for people to be prepared to some degree for what they're going to see. And a lot of it's not going to make any sense to you. You'll see shapes that are intelligent, that look like a giant disembodied ear. And it'll float down from the sky. This giant ear will float down from the sky and it will just kind of hang with you for a while. And it's not because it is an ear. It's just that's the shape that that specific entity takes, you know, and you'll see a bunch of lights and you'll see everything will get individualized. And see, this is the hard thing. It's like, for me to describe ultra individualization where you're able to disseminate between pieces of dust collecting on a tree and the way Kundalini will allow you to disseminate that, to figure it, to, to see the individual aspect of everything like the gravel or, you know, things like that. She'll put a quality of light in it. And this is where you get that frosting of light over everything okay over the leaves over the trees over the individual pieces of dust and rock and you know certainly the living things such as such as uh, viruses and bacterium and on up to the larger uh, larger forms of life such as uh, plants and and insects things of that nature they will have a different quality of light. And I have a question here and somebody's asking, so let me get over there. How many of us here today on this call have the split blood? Let's see. Two. Two of you here have that. And I wouldn't call it split blood. I'd call it, you know, split heritage. <laughs> A double heritage, possibly three, possibly three. I'd have to, to explore it further. It's not as common as, as we would like to think, but it's not as uncommon as, as, uh, as the, 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 the folklorists would like to, in, you know, insinuate. It's not that rare. In order for these other cultures to influence the human species, 
they realize that they have to, to become one with the human species and have the Kundalini at the same time in order to manifest specific levels of influence on the population and, and then being able to influence how it governs the environment, uh, how it governs war, how it governs pollution, how it governs the way people treat each other. And let me tell you, you know, in, in this type of a circumstance, when you lift a finger and you push a star, it has total relevance to this. It just the tiniest of triggers, the tiniest of triggers will cause a person um, or cause a population to respond in certain ways. All right. Any questions about this that you might have? What is the split plot? Uh, that's Gary's term for for half human, half fairy, or half elf. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Sure. See what you've done, Gary. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So this has a direct influence on people uh, in general. Now, there's a lot of people that are also being influenced by ET. ET has its fingers in a lot of people's bodies and minds and psychologies. And they are also interested in manipulating the race, the human race in specific directions. And they're also interested in having the Kundalini and then having the opportunity to try to figure that out. Okay. And here's the deal. The more you try to figure out divinity, the more divinity works on you. And as you continue to figure it out, you continue to merge yourself into that presence. And of course, there are all kinds of traps with that, but uh, you know that's that's kind of a a live and learn type of situation with that. But uh, yeah, yeah, don't let, ever let an entity say to you, "I am God." Don't don't believe that. Uh, God will not speak to you in those types of words, not at all. Okay. Uh, God will not insist that you choose to obey God. Not going to happen. Okay. You know. Now, if Magali comes up to you, Magdalene, in, in, say you're visiting France and you decided to drive through the eastern part of France on the way to Switzerland, if Magdalene comes up to you and says, I am goddess, well, then you better pay attention. Okay, you better you better pay attention because you know she is that. She's one of the split ones too, as Gary puts it. She's one of the half breeds, shall we say? But not with a not with a fairy or an elf. And I bring her out into the public with this simply because she's done a video on it. It's 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 you know it's out there. Um, she is. 
how do I say it? It's a, it's a creature. It's called la vive in French. And it's very difficult to, it's, it's very limited to this one set of mountains in France, the Jura mountains. And it's a, it's a person that, that is kind of a half Kundalini creature and half human creature. And, um, it literally appears to be a human being, a human torso uh, melded into the body of a serpent. And this serpent slash human uh, has been hunted. And I guess, uh, Magali, they, they captured some or killed some, is that right? In the in the distant past, I think they have or they have tried to or yeah, I read sometimes that they did. Right, right. So, uh, plenty of people have seen it. Um, it often has a a big red spot or a jewel at the third eye, uh, and it's typically female. You never hear about any male love weaves. It's almost completely female. So if you ever want to meet one, just say hello to Magdalene. There she is. You know, she, she's a fun, she's a fun date, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Mihail says, I knew it. <laughs> So the human, the human form can be influenced in many, many different ways uh, from many different uh, angles and uh, many different authorities. Um, what little we know of, of La Vuive, we do know that she exists mainly in the Jura Mountains of, of Eastern France and Western Switzerland. Um, we know that she allows herself to be seen every now and again. And she, we know that she has direct affiliation with Kundalini. Okay. So this is something uh, for people to take note of. Now, it doesn't mean you need to go out into the forest and, and, and uh, give yourself to the elves or the fairies or the lovelies uh, or the aliens. You know, unless you already have that going. If you already have it going, well, then, yeah, then you can, you can go back and reconnect with that culture, uh, with that heritage. But uh, for the most part, for, for people like, uh, I hesitate to say normal kundalini, but <laughs> for the people that are humans and have the kundalini, um, you must understand that you have the greatest gift that can be given by God to any creature. Um, there has been some jealousy that the humans get to have something called Kundalini, something that takes them from zero to divine. And this has caused uh, fractious wars among other creation that feel that they deserve more recognition than a talking monkey. 
we are the talking monkeys. Okay. And some people have, or I should say, some creation have problems with, with divinity giving such exaltation to a talking monkey. And I've mentioned this in other programs before the, uh, the communication I had with a fallen angel that was being incarcerated in the astral. And I don't know why. I don't know why I was taken to that angelic doorstep, but I was. And uh, he really led into me about how imperfect I was, how I was just a talking monkey, and just on and on and on and on. And this is before I knew anything about any anybody having problems with talking monkeys. I, you know, if someone had told me then that, you know, there was a talking monkey issue, I'd be going, really? <laughs> What's he saying? <laughs> What's, you know, well, it'd be like having a talking cat. Yes. <laughs> so I was quite surprised. And I didn't say anything. I, you know, I was guided to be very, very still and just listen to what he had to say. And I did. And once again, he was about 16, 17 feet tall, uh, angry, did not exit the door. There was this like building that he was in. He stood in the doorway and towered over me and, and uh, you know, told me what, what his grievances were. And, uh, you know, after that, I, I, I turned to my left and I walked over to a bench in the middle of a lawn with a few trees around it. And I laid down on the bench and then I was lifted off the bench uh, into the air and uh, to, to where I made contact with a clear substance that was part of the enclosure. And on the other side of that substance, it felt kind of like a really, really strong uh, plastic wrap. That's the best I can describe it. Really strong plastic wrap. But you could feel creatures on the other side trying to get at you, trying to get at you. And it wasn't like a pleasant feeling. You know, I, I didn't feel like they were, they just wanted to shake hands. It's more like they wanted to tear me to pieces. And yet they couldn't get through the cling wrap. They couldn't get through the plastic wrap. And, uh, you know, that was just another level of information that I was given. This is how some of the fallen angels are incarcerated to keep them from trying to destroy humanity, which is what they want to do. But divinity won't allow it. Now, the angels are real. You know, you can understand from my experience that, that the angels are real. The elves are real. The fairies are real. Laviv is real. These are all real creations that intersect our physical reality. They intersect the reality that we live in every day. The air we breathe, the, the frequencies of light that we perceive through our eyes. They share that. And so for you to, to make the presumption that humanity rules the world is not correct because this world is shared by many. 
Yes, humanity is given a certain gift and, and given some leeways in learning how to, to come into that gift. And this is what karma is about. Karma allows us to eventually uh, self-correct uh, and live self-corrected lives that we may eventually come into levels of grace, which is where all of you have come in. Jordan and Elizabeth and Brett and Julia, Sophia, all of you. All of you. You have lived that many lives. You have lived that many lives that you have come into the arms of grace. And it's only by virtue of the internet that we're even allowed to discuss this amongst ourselves. Otherwise, you'd be in a monastery or, you know, out in the jungle, like meeting on a tree stump or next to a waterfall, which doesn't sound that bad, by the way. But you wouldn't have the collection of people that we have right now. You wouldn't have this population of, of kundalini activated and awakened individuals like we have right now. And this is really, really important to have because it builds, it builds the community. It builds the confidence. It helps you understand that you're not alone. You are not alone with this. Okay. And that's crucially important. Um, but it also robs us to some degree of a certain level of testing by the Kundalini. When I had the Kundalini, there was nobody, there was no internet, so I couldn't really talk about it with anybody. So I was literally alone inside of a crowd. And I just learned not to mention the symptoms, not to mention the phenomena. I learned, you know, the hard way not to do that. Um, it... It has a direct effect on your, on the confidence that you place in yourself and your, you know, the, the confidence that you have in your own psychological competency. You know, because, you know, you're, you're kind of bludgeoned by the media that, that indicates if, if you act outside of the normal range of behaviors, therefore, you're crazy. You're crazy. And if you're crazy, that means that uh, we can incarcerate you in a psychological facility <laughs> and pump a bunch of drugs into you to make you not so crazy. And, and you know, this is a direct assault on an individual. And so I, I, in my early life, you know, I learned not to, to talk to anyone certainly not MDs or psychologists or counselors or MFTs or whatever they want to call themselves. Uh, I would never talk to a person, person that represented governmental authority. You know, they're never there to help you <laughs> within a Kundalini context. They're never there to help you. They're always there to hurt you. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. Any questions, comments that you might want to have? Anything that you may want to add, my friends? We are on a Zoom session, and so I want you to feel free to, to interact. Go ahead, Jordan. Hi. Uh, I wanted to ask, 
if you could expand on how the ego has to coexist with the kundalini and how we can manage that oh okay that's a good question so how do we how how does how do we allow the ego to coexist with kundalini you see i don't i do not uh, subscribe oh sorry i hope that didn't kill your ears i have a problem with this phone all right um geez, that was really bad i totally apologize for that oh my god I don't subscribe to the uh, ancient Hindu or Sanskriti people that say, oh, we got to kill the ego. Kill it. Just kill the ego. Kill it. Jolanta, kill the ego. Kill it completely. Racha, you know, <laughs> kill that ego. I don't. I, I subscribe more to the Huna concept where the ego would be called the unihipili, the middle self would be called the uhane, and the kundalini would be called the amakua. Okay. This is far more of a balanced concept. And in that concept, the middle self cannot communicate directly with, with the high amakua. The only way the middle self can communicate with the amakua is through the ego self, the unihipili. And so in order for the middle self to graduate up into becoming its own amakua, the middle self has to train the ego self to become a middle self. So unihipili gets trained to become uhane, so that uhane can receive the blessings to become Amakua. Does this make sense with people? Jolanta, this doesn't make sense for you? Ask me a question, honey. Let me clear it up for you. You gotta press that microphone button. Let me put it in the, in the way of numbers. Uh, with ego, the ego body being number three, the middle body being number two, and the kundalini being number one. Number two cannot communicate with number one. That's against the rules. Okay. The only way number two, the middle self, can communicate with number one, the kundalini, is through number three. And the reason this is, is that if number two were to communicate directly with number one, then there would be no reason to communicate at all with number three. And that part of the Trinity would, would, would uh, begin to decompose, shall we say, just to use that word. And so divinity came up with a solution that says the only way that number two can can communicate directly with number one kundalini is if they go through number three the small self 
the, the egotistical self, the self that desperately wants to help, that desperately wants to be part of the process, that wants to become an uhane or a number two. So the three wants to become two and the two wants to become one. Is that helping you, Jolanta? And so the only way that number two can talk to number one is you go through number three. And so you tell number three, it's okay, number three. What I need right now is a really good job. And let me give you these visuals on what a really good job is to me. Okay, I need, I need a job that allows me to support my family, that allows me to have the kundalini and the freedom to have the kundalini while I'm supporting my family. Um, and, and here, let me show you some pictures. So you send some mind pictures to number three. And you tell number three, okay, number three, I want you to project like a movie projector. I want you to project those pictures to number one, to the Kundalini, okay? And make sure that you project here. Here's a visual of my gratitude and my thanks uh, for the blessings that can rain down. And number three is more than eager. So number three sets up the movie projector and projects those images into number one. And this is how things get done. Okay, number two just has to continue their effort and experience the blessings coming down. You can do this too. Every single one of you have the opportunity to do this. Okay, this is not, this should not be falling on deaf ears. Okay. Huna is thousands of years old, and it's a religion of the Polynesian people of the uh, South Pacific. And um, when you're on the high seas, you begin to understand that uh, the high seas can just be a salty desert. And so you're out there floating on those high seas, trusting in the wind, trusting in the water, trusting in the, in the creatures of the sea. It's a very different uh, understanding of life, but it works with the Kundalini. This kind of a trinity can be very effective for people. And I, I suggest you adopt it if you feel that, uh, that it works for you, that, that you're called to try it out. Matter of fact, this, this information was, was, uh, uh, was given into uh, the mainland from Hawaii in the 1920s by a guy named Max Freedom Long. And you can look his books up. Max Freedom Long, L-O-N-G. And he wrote a number of books. And one of the smallest books he gave was, was this technique that I just described to you. Well, actually, I didn't describe it, but I'll describe it right now. You write, you figure out what you want. You figure out what you want and you write it down on a piece of paper. Okay. And you go into a nice private space where you're not going to be interrupted. And you do this, the, this at the same time, wearing the same clothes and write the same thing down for nine consecutive days. Julia, pay attention to this. Then you go in and you sit down, you know, you have a chair in there and you sit down on the chair and you just kind of lean back and you relax a little bit and you take a few 
breaths. They don't have to be necessarily deep, deep, deep breaths, just like. Yeah, you know, just maybe a little bit beyond normal breathing. And you place on that piece of paper what it is you want, what situation you want. Do you want a sports car? You know, what kind of car is it? What does it look like? You can use magazine pictures. Okay. Cut it out. Say, I want this car. Uh, cut it out. Say, I want to travel to this country. Cut it out. Say, I want to, I want to have this amount of money. Uh, cut it. And, and you can also do this for other people. So, you know, I'm looking at Russia right now. And so I'm saying, okay, Kundalini, you know, I want, I want Russia to, to have clarity on where she wants to go in her life. And, and I want her to have the opportunity to, to make positive choices and positive uh, influence on this world, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I say that you can, it, and when you do it for another person, it's that much more powerful. It's a lot more powerful because of the grace that you're demonstrating through focusing on helping another person, which is a big deal. So you sit in a chair and you breathe a few times. And then you look at your little picture and you look at what you've written and you focus on that and you breathe seven times. And you focus on that. And you ask Unihipili to project this to Amakua. And Unihipili is always eager to participate in these types of, 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 uh, of activities. And so you ask, uh, as I use the word number three, to communicate to number one. And the communication is that beautiful blue sports car or that job opportunity or that amount of money, uh, all, whatever it may be, you, you make sure the visualization is given and you do this for nine consecutive days, nine days, same time, same place. Okay. And at the end of nine days, you totally let go of it. You totally let go of it. You don't go back into the closet or wherever you were doing, you know, the work. You totally forget about it. Make what they call separations. You make your separations. And you don't think about it anymore. You don't expect it to happen. You just go about your daily life. You know, and fill your life with other things that distract you away from thinking about it. This takes a certain amount of mind control. Because you got to remember, for nine days, you've been thinking about this. You've been projecting it. You've been doing all of that stuff. And now I'm telling you to forget about it completely. Forget about it completely. And you do that so that you don't interfere through your expectation with what the kundalini wants to bring into manifestation for you. You can't keep directing the show. You've got to let the Kundalini direct the show after that. Mm -hmm. And this is what is called uh, waiting for the blessings to rain down. Now, there's a, there's a certain substance that can come from this called mana, M-A-N-A. -A. And Max Freedom Long describes it better. 
than I can right now because I think I read his books about seven or eight years ago and I may not remember all the facts correctly. So if you're interested in that, you know, look up his books, Max, M-A-X, Freedom Long. And um, he'll explain it to you better. And Donnie asks, let me get back there. And Donnie asks on the chat room, what type of experience have, experience have you had with this prayer? Uh, I've done it. Um, I couldn't think of anything that I wanted. Um, you know, when I was doing it, right now I could start doing this prayer because I definitely have some wants and desires on this, you know, on, on my path right now. So I may just go ahead and start up again and see how, how it goes. Um, and I'll do it for other people as well. I'll do it for, for people that I want to have come out here in the United States. I'll do it uh, for people that uh, having a difficult time, like say with the uh, Ukrainian peoples and, and uh, other peoples that are really being uh, traumatized. It's a good healing uh, prayer and meditation to do. Um, so, and Donnie, I cannot tell you, I've done it for other people, um, but I wasn't so close to them that I could track how it affected them. But this is, this is one format that deals directly with Kundalini, even though it's called Amakua, it's still directly with Kundalini and it deals with, what uh, Jordan's uh, question was about how do you how do you live with egotism and, and Kundalini at the same time? And there's more to be said about this. This is where the virtuous behaviors come into play. Since we're not killing the ego, what are we doing? We're retraining the ego. We're retraining the ego to to think and act and respond in ways that are outside of its normal selfish expression. So, you know, you, you look at the people here on this Zoom and I'm looking at Brett right now and it's just okay. Couldn't help Brett sell his paintings for an absurd amount of money, like, you know, millions and millions of dollars so that he can buy a sailboat. And that's big enough to hold his own art studio. Are you a sailboat guy, Brett? <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe not a, maybe a motorhome. <laughs> I could learn how to sail, I think. What's that? I think I could learn how to sail. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, or I'm looking at Andani and I'm, you know, going to say, okay, I'm a Kua. Uh, make uh, and Donnie rich beyond his wildest imagination. Give him the opportunity to help other people with his vast wealth. Okay. And, and, you know, you can do that. It's, you know, there is one person on this zoom right now that does this every night. She does this. She is so good. She is so pure. And that is Magali. Magali does this every night. And she asks me permission. She says, 
Master Chrism, can I can I say the prayers for other people tonight? And I say, yeah, of course. You do this every night, Magdalene? I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I'm not sure people can hear you nodding on the podcast. Sorry. Uh, yes, I do. And then what do you do? Uh, so I have this necklace that, uh, that you got me on one of the trips that we got on one of our trips together. So I hold the necklace and I look at the serpent and I say, uh, my Kundalini, if it is appropriate, as much as as much as is appropriate, and in the way that is appropriate, she's translating from French. Um, thank you for. Uh, Exos, uh, making those prayers real. I don't know how to translate exactly in English. Uh, thank you for, for making those prayers real. Uh, and then I say the prayer. Or the say, prayer. It all, say, say it all in French. I'm sure ah, some French people okay. will, will listen to the podcast. So I look at the serpent and I say, Ma Kundalini, si cela est approprié, autant qu'il est approprié, Et de la façon qu'il est approprié, merci euh, d'exaucer ces prières pour ces personnes. And then I say the prayers. And at the end I say, um, je vous remercie ma Kundalini. Et bien sûr, qu'il en, qu en soit fait selon votre volonté. Amen. And then I make the separation. So... I, I imagine um, a big bowl of water, a massive bowl of water in front of me. And like I imagine it exploding in the air. And then I've made the separation and I, and I go on with my practices. Well done, well done, well done, Magali, well done. Yeah. I want you to all to take that to heart. Okay, this is another way of manifesting through grace. And she typically does this to help other people's healing. Is, is that what you do, Magali? You're helping other people heal? Yes, so for example, during the day, if I hear someone's having difficulties, for example, at work, or uh, I make a note to not forget to say a prayer for them uh, three, three evenings in a row, so I write it on, it, on a little piece of paper. And, uh, and uh, yes, and also I go on the healing group uh every night to check if there are people asking for prayers and then i do it at the same time i ask the kundalini at the same time well done well done my dear thank you for explaining what you do thank you all right anybody else have a technique that they want to share 
that they that they use to, uh, in conjunction with their kundalini to manifest uh, a positive change for another person or for themselves. Now I know Jolanta. Jolanta once a week goes out into the to the park, and she takes off her clothes and she puts on the the uh, Hare Krishna clothes. She has a like a bald wig that she puts on so that she looks like she's bald, and she has a little drum set and she goes out and and right, Jolanta is <laughs> no. So you don't dress up like a hard Krishna? No, I see. My my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> but she goes out with them and she she she, uh, she helps uh, give soup. I believe soup to the to the poor. Is this correct, Jonathan? Or to anybody that comes along. You don't have to be poor, right? You could be a billionaire and you could go go there and get some soup, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So she does this once a week. How many else? How, how many other people here in, in our twenty-one or twenty-three member audience? What do you do to give selfless service? What do you do, Russia? Uh, I don't know. One time uh, you spoke about uh, something, a practice, and I. Before you spoke about it, I I saw myself that I was doing it without uh, intention. It was uh, when you said that we do something like breathe into people, like something like that. I don't know if you remember. And you put the intention into um, into helping others. Yeah, so, so, so before, before you spoke about this, I saw myself that in my yoga class, um, it happens naturally without me even trying to do it. So after we finish the poses and everything and we continue into the meditation, like the last meditation. So I find my Kundalini just breathing like, like that. And I just wish to people, whoever is struggling with something or having difficult times to heal them or to make it better for them in the best way that Kundalini uh, think is better. This is what I do, but without my intention, it just happens. And I, but when it happens, I find myself that like I'm feeling good because um I'm, I'm wishing people something good. Ah, that's great. Well done. Well done, Racha. Well done. Anybody else want to volunteer what they what they like to do? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I do like uh, similar. I say like if I see some person that is struggling or I know I could help that person, then I say like Kundalini, could you help this person? If this will not hurt her karma, not her life, not my karma, and not my life, and if you want to help them, can you help him? I do it like that. There's a lot of self-protection there. 
<laughs> well, well done, Trotsky. Well done. And oh, Bruno, of course, Bruno, go ahead and share with us what you do. Um, it really depends on the situation. Uh, Kundalini has a um, very infinite cre creative ways to uh, put around you situations and new situations and kind of suggest different things. But it, a lot of it have uh, a lot of similarities with what they already spoke. But when it comes to forgiveness, maybe something a little different, uh, I feel very compelled to go against any kind of thought or feeling about arguing with the person being right or anything and just imagining the the person as peaceful as lovingly as with a gentle and tender exp expression as i can and uh, hugging then imagine different kinds of light and just really yeah within the the permission of the structure the structures of karma the best possible things that can go their way on the street and yeah sometimes i include myself as well just to be uh, all inclusive <laughs> all right now all right now repeat all, repeat of, that all of that in brazilian brazilian oh, okay <laughs> Então, principalmente no aspecto de, de perdão, sinto bem levado na direção de imaginar a pessoa indo contrário a qualquer ideia de querer estar certo, errado, de imaginar, imaginar discutindo o que poderia ter sido falado, deixar tudo isso de lado e só imaginar a pessoa com a expressão mais serena possível, mais pacífica, se sentindo bem e desejando bem para ela, imaginando abraçando luz ao redor dela e realmente pedindo a, a Kundalini dentro dos parâmetros do karma que o melhor do melhor possível possa ir na direção uh, daquela pessoa, situações na rua quando sinto guiada também e às vezes me incluindo também para ser o, o quadro inteiro, tá tudo incluso, né? <risos> well done, well done. <risos> Thank you. All right, somebody's, All right. Got, somebody's my, got my microphone on or turn that off. Let's see if that worked. Yeah, it worked. Okay. All right. Um, anybody else want to volunteer what they do for others? All right, we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is this is also part of how we deal in in cooperation with the kundalini through egotism in our daily life so this once again this goes to jordan's question about how do we how do we live our life in 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 egotism and kundalini at the same time well one of the things that we do is we help other people within limitations uh, that are crafted by divine uh divine understanding so divine will so you 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 know it's, it's sometimes you can go after a very selective so so if uh if a paya breaks his arm and i happen to to be stranded in africa and 
I see a Paya break his arm. I can use the Kundalini to fix that arm unless he's got an uh, emergency room close by. If there's an, if there's not an emergency, if we're out on the, the African Serengeti and, uh, you know, the lions are hunting and a Paya can't stop screaming. It's just like, Paya, just come on, man. Get a, get a hold of yourself here. But no, you know, he's making all this sound and, and, uh, you know, I know the lions are coming or the cheetahs are coming or the hyenas are coming or the warthogs are coming or the leopards are coming. And they're attracted by his cries of pain and distress. Well, I can use the Kundalini to fix that broken bone instantly. But you have to know how to do it. There's a certain Huna practice that allows you to know how to do that. And a lot of it uh you you it's a, it's a blueprint you have a blueprint overlay of the arm or the leg or whatever bone is broken and you ask the kundalini to to instantly replace or, or to 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 blueprint back to the original quality that bone that has been broken and a lot of the uh, kahunas in, in ancient Hawaii, it, it would, there would be a burst of light and that person's bone was healed. Instantaneous healing can occur. It can. Um, when I was down at John of Gods, you know, when that was a happening thing, you know, you were getting cancer patients that were being cured with non non-surgical medical means so it can happen now if there's a karmic you know thing if if uh if a paya has a karmic issue and he needs to be eaten by a lion right you know to fulfill his karma he needs to be eaten by a lion well then you know you stand back and you uh, here kitty 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 here, kitty I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, if he needs to be eaten by a lion, you certainly won't be there to witness it because I'm quite sure the lion will eat you at the same time. One person is not a belly full for a big, big cat. Okay. If, the, if they're interested in people at all. But you can use these types of prayers, these types of kundalini-induced manifestation techniques for the benefit of another, not always for the benefit of yourself. You know, if you're looking to be, you know, greedy or to, to use wealth in order to not have to work or to in some way insinuate a, a curse inside of a healing, well, it's not going to work for you. And so this is a way where we need to separate egotistical desires of, of revenge or, or greed or uh, self-gratification uh, out of the equation with how we deal with other people. Jordan, this is like, I know in your job, you know, you do a lot of service work for a person, you're a caregiver. And within the, the realms of holiness, that's an extremely powerful, sacred job. Uh, 
but here but here on, on, on the you know in the capitalist uh, uh, work world or you know they don't get paid hardly anything here in the states and they're not given the recognition that they deserve either the caregivers are tremendously powerful people and beautiful people and they give and they give and they give uh, and it's a it's a very very powerful relationship that they're building for themselves which is why jordan even has the kundalini because he's doing this work okay he's learning uh to be a king among people that don't appreciate it that must be the refrigerator that turned off just now all of a sudden it got quiet <laughs> I I have to tell people who are listening to the podcast that this is taking place in the kitchen in, in Santa Rosa, California. And uh, you'll have to deal with some of the noises that, that happened that happened during this. Uh, Bruno says, what would be a good course of action for a Kundalini individual to take while encountering a potentially dangerous, uh, dangerous something? He's quite wordy, that guy. And, dangerous animal in the wild okay yeah the uh the first thing you want to do is not be afraid okay so don't panic don't be afraid the second thing you want to do is you want to determine if it's actually there to to attack you uh, does it feel threatened by you does it look at you as prey and if it looks at you as prey and it's the kind of thing that you cannot outrun, then you're, you're going to have to fight it off in some way. Okay. The Kundalini will assist you. And thus, of course, this is part of your karma, but you can ask the Kundalini to assist you with that. Let me give you an example of that. A mother and her child were walking through the forest and they saw a huge grizzly bear coming towards them. And the mother immediately stopped, held still, and draped a blanket over her and her child's eyes and told the child to just hold still. And the bear came up to them and smelled them and sifted around them. And then it just wandered away. Because you have to understand that animals are telepathic. And they understand ocular motive, ocular motive. Ocular motive is they understand what your eyes tell them. They can, they can read fear in your eyes. They can read anger in your eyes. They can read peace in your eyes. They can, if, if your eyes meet, meet them, uh, they can interpret that as a challenge. Okay. And the rules in the animal kingdom are quite different. So for instance, if you're walking away from a puma or a mountain lion that is, that is angry at you, they will attack you from behind. You start walking away, you become prey and they will, they will attack you. So, so will a cheetah. Okay. So you don't walk away from them you don't turn your back on them okay you you walk away but you walk kind of sideways and slightly backwards so that they see your face constantly okay whereas a bear 
You don't want them to see your eyes. Now, you might get mauled. You might get mauled by the bear. But she didn't, and her child didn't, because she didn't pose a threat by showing her eyes. That's an old Native American understanding. Okay. With an anaconda, I'm not sure you'd want to stay still. I'm sure you'd want to get away as quickly as you could. Um, same with a, with a saltwater crocodile. Okay. Um, same with a shark. If you're swimming in the water and you see the shark fan coming, you might just want to like slowly and steadily paddle your way back to the shore. Don't paddle like a crazy person because that'll just attract them. Okay, because that shows fear, that shows uh, distress. And they're, they're, they're designed by grace to respond to those things. You can also ask a, uh, the kundalini to save you. Here's, here's something that happened to me the other night. I took a nap in the daytime. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, this advice I, I give to people all the time. So I was immediately in a dream and something burst through the door, the front door. And there were other people in the house and they screamed when it came through. It was black and it was vicious and malevolent and it zeroed in right in on me and it attacked me and it pushed me to the floor and I just gave myself to kundalini and it immediately disappeared so that's another thing you can do if you find yourself in the jaws of the bear or the cheetah or the tiger or the lion just give yourself to grace give yourself to grace let her help you maybe not even wait until you're inside somebody's mouth okay <laughs> let me give you another another example of, of how grace can take over um when the, when i when i have students come out to visit with me when i have students come out to visit with me uh, we typically go on these little mini journeys around the state of california and one time i was driving on the west side of lake tahoe and uh, I was going about 45 miles per hour, which is about 54 miles per hour or k, k kilometers per hour. And somebody steered their car right in front of us so that we would have a head-on collision. They Obviously, they did it accidentally. But my kundalini took my hand on the wheel of the car on the steering wheel and she jerked it to the right i had no this this happened too fast for me to respond that way but not for her she jerked the car to the right so so the wheel went a specific way to the right and then a specific way to the left so right left so that we went right around that car right around that car. And that's not the only time she did it. She, she's done it a couple of times. She takes the wheel. She takes the wheel. Uh, 
and she controls it and she takes you right out of danger and uh this will happen for you ladies and gentlemen this isn't just a, because of me this isn't all about prism this will happen to you this will happen to jolanta to bruno to brett to Trosti and Alexander, Russia, all of you, Jordan, Vincent, Ingrid, Medi, Zelchko. I don't know about Magdalene, but everybody else, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, Magdalene. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, this will happen to you. And you just, you have to be in a constant state of recognition of Kundalini. And this I am. You know, I have that constant state going. And the more you have that constant state, the more you keep what you learn here on this Zoom and you apply it in your daily life, the better things are going to go for you. And the more of an impact, a direct impact of manifestation or materialization the Kundalini will have upon you and your life. Really. Hi, David. So yeah, another way that you want to live with Kundalini in this existence is by, as I mentioned before, the, the virtuous behaviors be the behaviors of forgiveness, of gratitude, of loyalty, of self-discipline, okay? Uh, never going into revenge, never going into... Uh, trying to settle a score in a violent way, trying to stay away from, from anger as best as you can. Sometimes we need to have anger, but for the most part, we don't need to live in anger. We can have it, then it, it comes, then it goes. And you forgive yourself and you forgive whoever was part of that anger episode. Okay. Living with Kundalini and egotism is what all of us have to do. Every single one of us. Because this world is run by the ego. And so it gives us a great opportunity to see how other people are so that we don't reflect those qualities. Okay. In, in my experience, you know, uh, being a slave uh, to Kundalini, you know, she showed me how other people are alcoholics and you know, really rich. They're, you know, they're very, very wealthy people, but they're alcoholics and they're greedy and they're, they have certain levels of corruption that run very deep that they can't pull themselves out of. Okay. And this is not easy. This is not an easy life to have that way. And um, you need to understand that. You need to understand that, uh, not having the massive amount of wealth that you may want to have uh, is not always a bad thing. Okay, so I want that to be known. And there's another thing that I want to be known. We're going to be coming into some harder times. We're going to be coming into some harder times. And these times are going to trigger a lot of people's egotism. Uh, whenever the survival instincts become uh, closer to the surface, uh, people begin to think only of themselves and not of other people. And, and I want you to avoid that. 
your grace knows what the situation is on this world and in the society that you're living in. It's not blinded. Okay, it is there, it is present, it is seeing through your eyes what is happening. I want you to put aside a certain storage of food and water. If you can, get at least a two to three month supply. What you need in every month include toilet paper and anything that you want to have that, that will help you survive. I want you to place in that little space, wherever it may be. It can be the trunk of your car. It can be a closet in your house. It can be uh, somewhere where you would uh, spend a copious amount of time in a disaster. I also want you to have some sort of a, of a uh, backpack or something where if you have to leave your house, you can take a certain level of goods and, and, and water with you. Seriously, this is, this is important. Here in the States, you know, we're, we, we saw a, a constructed baby formula shortage. Okay. We saw this baby formula shortage and we saw how desperate people became. Now, you know, imagine that spread out into other products that you depend on. Uh, vegetables, for instance, or, 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 or meat, or whatever it may be that you need to live and survive on, I want you to have a backup storage of it. This is what nature teaches us. So I want you to follow nature, which is also Kundalini, and give yourself a backup. Okay, hide it somewhere. Don't share it all with others. <laughs> If you want to live, <laughs> you know, it's nice to be, to be, uh, um, to share with others, but you, you, you also have to keep yourself healthy as well. Now we have a few, uh, questions in the chat room. So let's see what's up there. Do you sometimes get a sense that certain things will happen from the Kundalini, even though they seem unlikely from our current perspective oh yes of course yeah 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 absolutely absolutely and uh, elizabeth asks everybody what is the timing on these hard times within the year yes yes it's already occurred i mean if you had a if you had a, a an infant right now you're still in the emergency because there's not enough food to go around if you're if you're if you're depending upon infant formula to raise your child, which, you know, I think it should, you know, they didn't have infant formula, formula in the 1860s. So what did they, how did the baby survive? So <laughs> maybe go back to the old ways and see, 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 uh, pre-masticated food, you know, like uh, mommy, mommy would chew the piece of beef into a, a fine gruel and feed it to baby that way too. So, you know, there are different ways to go with it, different ways to go with it. But yeah, we are in the middle of the hard times right now. It's not, uh, it's not something you have to wait for. Okay. Certain things though, like gasoline is going through the roof here in California. We're up to $7 a gallon. Okay. And uh, this also, 
you know, bleeds over into diesel. Diesel is over $7 a gallon. And this is taking away people's money. This is taking away what people need in order to survive on this world. And so, yeah, it, 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 it is an issue and it's, it's expanding. It's not, you know, we're not all of a sudden seeing a drop in gasoline prices. We're not seeing a drop in any prices. All the prices are going up and that's creating more people falling into levels of, of poverty. Okay. So be aware of this. Be aware of this as a Kundalini person. Start looking at the patterns. I want you all to survive. All of you, every single one. I want you all to survive. And I want you to, and the only reason I want you to survive is because you have Kundalini, no offense to all of your other peculiar characteristics, but it's because you are containers of awakened or activated grace. And it's a big deal. You are a big deal without getting egotistical about it. You're a big deal. And you must survive because you're the vanguard of a new world, of a new population. Okay, you are the next evolutionary step in humanity. And you must recognize that. And you must honor that within yourself. And especially if you can find a Kundalini activated partner so that you can begin to live a, a Kundalini activated relationship life where you constantly, you constantly think of them first as they think of you first. And this grows the love and the appreciation between the two of you. Okay. Now, I know it's late. It's, we're coming up to 2 o'clock, 2 hours. And I'm going to leave these last 10 minutes open to any kind of questions that people may have. So feel free to ask the questions if you have them. But somebody asked me. Uh, hey, Master. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, is, it, I mean, is it okay to desire and ask for things for the, sports, for the sports car <laughs> no i mean well i guess but yes yes it's okay it, it's okay it just is it kind of defeat the whole purpose of like what we're trying to materialistic the just kind of just live in the moment just like kundalini guide us i just there's something called abundance and abundance exists and if a sports car will make you happy and, and, and bring you joy and bring you happiness, why not have it? There's no law against it. There's no spiritual law against it at all. Now, are you using the sports car to, to fan the flames of, of envy in your friends? Well, now we got something else, okay? Are you using the sports car so that you can break the law and outrun law enforcement? Well, okay, then we got something else going on. You know, what is the, what, are, you, are you 
using the sports car so you can cheat on your wife by picking up chicks on Lake Avenue. <laughs> Come on, let me hear it. <laughs> so no. So, I mean, if you're doing that, then you got something else going on. And so, yeah, that will, that will inflict a blockage to its reception. Um, but if you're just doing it because God, you know, you just like the way the Miata handles and you just always wanted to have like a, like a, uh, a red Miata convert convertible so that you can drive along the Pacific coast highway, taking those turns and just, Oh, it just feels so good to the way it grips the road and you get good gas mileage and it looks so sexy and cool. Pastor Christian, yeah. are you are you manifesting for yourself right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I would. Uh, a Miata wouldn't be practical for me. No, no. I have a I have a a, a two thousand six Pontiac Vibe, and and the Kundalini got it for me. Okay, so this is what happened. So for for months and months, uh, the, the the whole winter of. 2019 or 20, 20 or 21, I forget which, before the pandemic, the, the winter before the pandemic. So I guess that was the 2020. I walked the girls, uh, the, the two dogs that we have here, big dogs, and one of them is very vicious. And so I, I walk her at like two or three in the morning. And every day I would walk across a, a parking lot and I saw this car just being parked there and, and it's like a cool looking car I liked the look of the car and and, uh, and I wondered why it was abandoned and I was just waiting to walk there and see it vandalized in some way the windows broken or the tires stolen or whatever and nothing was ever happening to it except it was starting to rust so it was there for four months and it wasn't even moved. Nobody even drove it. It wasn't ever even moved. It was just like abandoned in front of this lawyer's office, this, this group of lawyers. And uh, finally, I, I just thought, you know, I'd, I'd been wanting it for a while. I've been, you know, checking it out and doing all these things and, and seeing it and taking pictures of it and everything. So Shakti knew that I wanted the car. She knew it. Okay. So finally, I just answered the compelling and I went into the lawyer's office. And this was just as the pandemic was starting, right? So they didn't want to let me in the door. And then they let me in the door. And then they, they, they herded me to this one counter and say, okay, you have to sterilize your hands. So I sterilized my hands. And uh, you have to sign this non-disclosure agreement so that if you're damaged in any way, when you come into this office, that you will not come after us in legalistic terms. So I signed the non-disclosure, the non, non, you know, the whatever it is they call it. And then they took me to the office manager and, and I had gloves on and I had a mask on because, you know, the pandemic was really starting and people were really paranoid at that time. And, uh, and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I walk past this, you know, every night in the, in the early morning and I see this car here and, and I'm wondering if you're willing to sell it. And he said, wow, he said, funny, you should ask. 
we're downsizing now. We're, 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 we're going to move to a different area and we're downsizing. And so let me ask the boss here if he wants to sell it. And I said, and he said to me, he said, go ahead and make us an offer. And I'd already done my research on it so I could give him a reasonable offer. I wasn't trying to lowball them or anything like that. And I said, okay. And I gave him the offer and he took it to the boss and the boss said, yes. And I got the cash the very next day and I bought that car. Kundalini didn't give it to me, although, you know, in a way she did, but she didn't give it to me in the way that said, oh, yeah, here's a free car. She, you know, she made me buy the car and, 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 and I'm very happy with the car. It gives, you know, 38 miles a gallon, right? Which is not a Prius, but it's, it's, it's not bad for a Toyota or for a Pontiac vibe. So that's how I got that car. And you can get your things in a similar way. Now, someone asked something in the chat group here. We have another one here. And Donnie says, uh, I worked in an advertising agency uh, for male models, which I was a male model. Uh, and where's, where's the Donnie at? <laughs> which is called Bombay. And now I've worked the past three years on an Indian tech company. Is this karma? Um, it could be influenced by your kundalini. I'm not sure that it would be a karmic thing, but because you have the kundalini, the kundalini itself could, could have arranged for you to have that position. Yeah. And all I can say is may it, may it pay you wealthily and, and may you have your red, uh, Mazda Miata at your, at your fingertips. <laughs> all right. All right. Anybody else uh, want to chime in on this? All right. Well, we, we go ahead. I have, not, I have something else, Master Grissom. Please do. Okay. Um, it's not about manifestation or anything, but it's just a general like question. Um, when I'm in meditation, and my eyes are made to open up and look at certain objects. I'm starting to see like a silver glow, halo, if you will, around objects, random objects, a ceiling fan, doesn't matter what it is. Um, just curious <laughs> what. Yeah, that's, that's, that's normal. That's, that's called Trataka. Um, I think, um, uh, another person came to me and had been exploring the open eye meditation. And this is a real thing. This is a real thing. Now, you can blink your eye and still be in meditation. Okay. But it's called Trataka. And it's when you stare at, a, at an object um, for a meditational uh, period of time. And uh, when students would come over here, I would have them stare at a... Uh, at a certain painting that I have for a certain amount of time with an open eye meditation. And uh, the painting has certain Kundalini uh, influences on it. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have three students coming over in August and they will take turns staring at that painting um, because it brings, it, it releases certain levels of Kundalini 
uh, experience into the individual. So yeah, Trataka can be very effective. Um, I've had people that have entities and they're having a hard time working or dealing with the entities. And so they'll do Trataka with my picture because the entities know what I do and they know that uh, my grace will help other people having distress because of entities. And, uh, and so the open-eyed meditation, Gary, is very, very effective. Uh, don't resist it. Flow with it and allow that to occur. It can be very helpful to you. Good question. Good question. Anybody else have something they want to discuss pertaining to their kundalini? All right, all right then. All right, then I guess we'll, we will call this a program. We are at two hours and one minute and about the length of time of a, of a Marvel comic cinematic experience. <laughs> the adventures, the adventures of Kundalini. <laughs> okay, so. So I want to say uh, thank you all for participating and thank you for all of those listening to the podcast, for listening to the podcast. Please realize that you're receiving Shaktipat through the podcast and, and those of you on the Zoom today have been receiving Shaktipat the entire time. Let that sink into your consciousness and many blessings to you all and have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, Master. Goodbye. Thank you. 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 Thank you.